Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. I am your host Daniel. Welcome to week 32 of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, on today's show we're going to be talking about a big headline name appearing at Double or Nothing. We're going to be talking about the lowest rating in all elite wrestling history, a big drop as well for NXT, and we'll also be reviewing both shows and giving you, giving you, the listener, the choice between which show you think was best, Dynamite or NXT, we'll be letting you know which show was the best from week 32. About to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. What you call a paradigm shift. Mike Tyson. So let's get into it then. The big news of the week. Mike Tyson, obviously the former boxing heavyweight champion of the world, confirmed to make a shock return to wrestling with AEW at Double or Nothing to present the TNT title, the new TNT title between the match is between Cody Rhodes and and Lance Archer, the former undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, who at 53 years old does actually want to fight again. He will be presenting the brand new TNT title for All Elite Wrestling at their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, on May 23rd. That was read out from TalkSport.com. So yeah, big, it's a big, big start really for AEW to get. I'm not quite sure the numbers. I'm sure maybe we'll find out at some point um, how much... Tony Khan or the Khan family are paying Mike Tyson to appear at Double or Nothing. Um, People might be wondering, it's a bit random, isn't it? Where did this come from? Obviously, they had last year, um, they had Bret Hart, didn't they? Was it Bret Hart? Yeah, at Double or Nothing, he was unveiling the AEW World title. So there was a few rumours it was going to be Sting unveiling this TNT title. But no, Mike Tyson will be doing that. And people are wondering, as I said, who, how this came about. Um, basically, it is understood that Mike Tyson, I think the Observer reported, Mike Tyson was at last year's Double or Nothing pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Really enjoyed the show and, yeah, communication was made between the two parties and Mike Tyson will be at Double or Nothing. So, yeah, it will get... Um, this is a good move, obviously. It's going to get AW headlines. It's going to get more people talking about them. I'm sure the day after Double or Nothing... It'll be plastered everywhere on social media. Mike Tyson appears at wrestling. That'll be the headline. People will click on it, expecting to see WWE. And they might see, oh, AEW? What's AEW? So people might check out All Elite Wrestling, the product from just from Mike Tyson appearing at Double or Nothing. So, yeah, good choice. Um, as I say, I've spoke to a few of my non-wrestling friends. And they're like, oh, 
as if Tyson's on uh, that wrestling show next weekend. So, yeah, good choice by AEW. Now, let's get in something negative for AEW. The ratings, the week 32 ratings, and they are not a pretty sight to look at. AW did 654,000 viewers. They still beat NXT, who did 604,000 viewers. Um, AW dropped 17% from last week, whilst NXT dropped 16% from last week. Um, these are basically a lot of the numbers is the 18 to 49 demographic that drops. I think it was predicted, I think I said on numerous times, that the ratings would drop this week because UFC, UFC Fight Night was running on a Wednesday. Now, it's not, I'm sure when uh, Tony Khan decided to go Wednesdays, NXT and Triple H thought, yep, let's do Wednesdays as well to compete with them. I don't think either of them ever thought they'd have to compete with UFC. UFC not known for running shows on a Wednesday, but due to this pandemic and due to being behind um, with March and April shows, they are trying to catch up, so they're doing um, three shows a week. I'm not sure when the next fight night is on a Wednesday. I'll have to look into that, but I do know there is another fight night um, this upcoming Saturday. Luckily, it won't affect double or nothing, although maybe there is. Maybe there is um, a UFC the following Saturday. Wouldn't surprise me if there was. Um... So, yeah, they, they're basically the big stories, the Mike Tyson story and the Week 32 ratings. I, I wouldn't really I wouldn't really worry about it too much, the rating drop from this week, as long as they bounce back um, next week. Obviously, the shows last week were, were probably a bit bigger. Um, obviously, NXT especially, that was a much bigger show last week. Um, obviously, they had Charlotte Flair versus Io Shirai, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, and AW. They were running with what the return of John Moxley and that crazy tag match to main event the show. So, yeah, the drop. I, obviously, you don't want it to drop to six hundred and fifty-four thousand if you're AW, but they do. Really, the reason I'm pretty sure is one. You didn't really have a big main event. Obviously, Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels is not a huge match for the casual fans. It's not going to make anybody tune in, with all due respect to those two wrestlers. Um, and on top of that, you add UFC um, on. So, yeah, the, well, what did they drop? Did they drop, like, well, it would have been a drop of about 100,000, I'm guessing. I'm just frantically trying to find 732,000 they did last week, 654 this week. So, that is a drop of what? 78,000, something around that, 78,000, so it's not, it's not the end of the world, um, but obviously that headline is there of it being the lowest amount of viewers that AEW has pulled since Dynamite started back in October, 32 shows ago, so yeah, NXT, they was the same, um, AEW win the week yet again on ratings by 50,000, so if you're going for that competitive streak, really, do you know what I mean, NXT um, losing by 50,000 viewers, they actually plugged a big announcement for the show, the DX, DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, multiple time heavyweight champions were appearing on the show to make a huge announcement, so I asked the question, if NXT and WWE hadn't been plugging that all day on Wednesday, they had Regal on the bump, whatever the bump is, plugging that, if they hadn't been doing that, NXT probably would have been in the 500,000 range, do you know what I mean, um, so... Yeah, it's a good job they did actually plug that all day on Wednesday. Otherwise, they would have been certainly below the 600,000 mark. Um, so, yeah, Dynamite's lowest rating. Um, so, it's not great. Hopefully, they'll come back next week with the go-home show for double or nothing. 
Um, so I think there's not. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, any other news notes that we might might want to talk about. Um, not really. A um, bit of a quiet week, really, in for the news side of things. Right, so let's get into these two shows. I'm going to get Dynamite, start with Dynamite first this week, get it out of the way with, which gives you a hint of my thoughts on the show. Um, overall, I thought the show was, it, it wasn't great. It, it, it was a bit boring. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad or anything. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just a bit, it was a real run-of-the-mill show. There was nothing, but it's right, I was sat there at work today thinking about obviously doing the podcast, and I was thinking... What actually happened on Dynamite? Do you know what I mean? Other than the Chris Jericho promo, what actually happened? And it wasn't like it was just standard build for a lot of the matches for the pay-per-view. There was no great match on the show. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't the best show. It wasn't the worst show. It was just boring. It just felt like... I'm thinking of, like I say, a standard SmackDown a few years ago on the road to a pay-per-view. It, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't great either. Um, and the ratings do reflect that. But the show starts... Uh, one thing I will say, which I did love, I love the fact that AEW added to the opening credits for Dynamite, here comes the boom. And on the part where it says boom, they have the golf cart smacking that iconic, iconic gif from last week of the golf cart smacking Sammy Guevara right in the face. One of the most memorable moments so far in the short history of the company. And these do not beat around the bush. It's the little touches with AEW that I do like. And they added that to their opening credit. So, six seconds into the show and I'm thinking, yeah, AEW, pay attention to the little things. Um, show opens with Lance Archer and Jake Roberts are out. Um, Lance Archer attacks a guy on the ramp. Not sure who it was. Thought maybe it was Lee Johnson at first, but not so sure. Um... Jake Roberts comes out, he cuts a promo that really belongs in the 80s, saying that Brandy can kiss his ass. He says that women are great when they're at home cooking and wiping babies' asses. Oh, my eyebrows were raised at this one. Um, not sure you can get away with saying that in 2020, but 2020, what a bad year. Um, but yeah, I've actually had much fallout about that, surprisingly. I thought the internet, the internet, the diehard internet fans who jump on anything would have been all over this, but no. He said that a woman, <laughs> this did make me chuckle, a woman comes to visit him and he makes sure that he watches Lance's work while she's there because it makes him very excited. Um, Cody Rolls pulls up in his car, um, revving the engine, um, brawls with Lance Archer, starts to head towards the ring to confront Jake the Snake after obviously he placed a snake on Cody's wife Brandy last week. Um, but Lance Archer's back in the two brawl and Jake Roberts makes Lance Archer retreat, and that is the end of the segment. Um, I was listening to Dave Meltzer's podcast um, today, actually, at work, and he was saying that he thought that we need a Cody Rhodes promo segment um, to build this feud up a little more. I think we do, but I, I won't worry about it, because I think we will get that on the Go Home show next week, a Cody Rhodes passionate promo. Um, if you go back to the Dynamite before full gear, Cody Rhodes cut a great promo talking about Chris Jericho. So, AW do tend to save these promos for the go home to the pay per view. So, I wouldn't really worry too much about that. Um, next, we get a video hype in the AW tag division. And you really realize just how stacked this division is when you watch this promo. So many teams they've got, haven't they? They've got the best friends, Jurassic Express, Private Party, um, SCU. 
Um, they've got what the the fucking what, so sorry what they call it, the bitch and the bunny whatever blade and the bunny. Um, loads of teams: Lucha Express, Young Bucks, Hangman and Kenny. Um, so yeah, I probably missed a team out there. I'm sure I have. Saw someone, some lovely little spark on Twitter will remind me about that, but. Um, yeah, they've got a great tag division for sure. AEW um, best friends get yet another win here. They beat the Jurassic Express. Um, so yeah, best friends seem to be getting a lot of wins recently. Um, I think they beat they beat Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian the other week, and they got a win today over well last night the other night over the Jurassic Express. Um, they built up a few feuds at the end of this match with uh, Phoenix. Um, Kicking Orange Cassidy on the stage. You had MJF attacking Jungle Boy, assisting Chucky T to get the pin on Jungle Boy. You had Wardlow taking out Marco Stunt. That could be building for something between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. But yeah, so they built up a few things progressing towards double or nothing. Here, I wonder if we'll get Wardlow against Luchasaurus added to the card. I'm not actually sure about that, but hey, that'd be an interesting match, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe it'll just like be on a dynamite. We'll have to wait and see. Next, we get something which was a little bit bizarre. So, we've got Chris Statlander versus Zakara Shida versus Britt Baker versus Penelope Ford in a fatal four way that was billed to have championship implications. But during this match, um, Tony Schiavone informs us that Hikara Shida has actually been the number one contender for 11 weeks. So, I'm sat watching this thinking, well, she's the number one contender. Well, why is she not one? Why is she not had a shot? Two, why is this match taking place? Um, which was just a bit bizarre. But the match itself for an AEW women's match, as you'd expect, with most of these matches, they're very sloppy. Um, there's a lot of green wrestlers in that AEW women's division. But this was a fun match. I enjoyed it. Um, really good match. I wouldn't say it was good. It it was bad. <laughs> it's one of those matches that was bad and sloppy in parts, but it was enjoyable to watch. It was fast paced. Lots of moves. Lots of high flying. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, basically, the match ends with Shida pinning Penelope Ford whilst Brett, ba Brett Baker, Britt Baker, sorry, is on the outside with the locked jaw on Chris Statlander. I thought it was a bit strange um, that Britt Baker was more, she was more worried about hurting Chris Statlander than she was at breaking up the pin. She didn't even look bothered after the match. thought it made her look a bit stupid, but... Looks like they're going with Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander on the pay-per-view. Um, whilst Takara Shida will take on Nyla Rose for the AEW women's title. Um, but yeah, fun but sloppy match, but I enjoyed it. Um, next we get Pineapple Pete. He's talking about how he was called, what, Serge D from Leeds or whatever. How he was like, do you know what I mean? He's embracing the Pineapple Pete name. His life has got so much better since um, Chris Jericho started calling him Pineapple Pete. So maybe, maybe he should give Chris Jericho a thank you. Um, but yeah, we come back and they confirm that Shida versus Nyla Rose taking place at double or nothing. But yeah, I, I still don't get it. Shida was already the number one contender. So I don't get why this match wasn't announced earlier, but whatever. Um, next, we have Kenny Omega versus Matt, versus Matt Hardy. Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy taking on Proud and Powerful was mm, not much stood out from this match. Felt like I was zoning in and out of this match. It was it was fine for what it was. Um, we have interference as Sammy Guevara comes out with a neck brace, a chair, limping, walks into the ring to confront Matt Hardy, um, takes a, a twist of fate on the chair, 
And what a twist, what a bump he takes. He literally sells this like a motherfucker. Just a great landing. Um, it looks like he breaks his neck in the landing. Sammy Guevara is one of the stars of this show, and he's been... I remember talking to um, Martin, who used to do Shoot Talk on our network, and I remember when um, it came up, he messaged me saying, AEW signed some kid called Sammy Guevara. Have you seen much of him? I was like, fuck me, Martin. The guy's great. Trust me, he's going to be huge. And I remember a lot of people on Twitter were like, he's all right, bit of a spot monkey. And here he is, 18 months later, one of the stars of the show, so yeah. Trust in me, trust in my scouting ability, watching a few of those PWG shows from 2018, but yeah, so as for the match, Hardy pins Ortiz with a twist of fate from the second rope, so yeah, the match itself, it was alright, it was, to be fair, this taping by the way, I asked on Twitter for this, but nobody seemed to know, but I've done a bit of research, found out this Dynamite was actually taped the day after last week's Dynamite, so it wasn't live, it was taped six days before, so obviously these these guys, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy especially, they'd already worked um, in a tag team match the day before, so obviously it was a brutal match, so you wouldn't expect that to be um, anything special, so they just had a standard tag team match with Matt Hardy getting the pin over Proud and Powerful. Backstage, we have Taz taking the piss out of Darby Allen for pinning himself against Cody. Um, Darby Allen basically says he finished third in an Iowa state wrestling tournament, so amateur wrestling tournament. So Taz was like, oh, I didn't know that. Darby Allen basically says, yep, yeah, well, you should have known that and walks off. So at some point, I guess this is going to end with Taz managing Darby Allen. Um, then we have a really weird segment where that. They go over to Tony Schiavone, and it's like he's explaining the rules in a video package for this casino ladder match at Double or Nothing. And it's like it's in 4x or 2x speed. Like, he's talking that fast that I couldn't catch any of it. It, it was really poor, really amateur hourish. this, I felt. Um, didn't take anything from it. The only thing that it made me fear was this ladder match at AEW Double or Nothing. Because last year, if you remember, at Double or Nothing, they did like the Casino Battle Royal. And that was a fucking mess as well. Um, so hopefully they don't do that with this ladder match. But hey, I've got a bit more faith in Tony since then. Um, backstage we get... This was weird. Akara Shida's cutting a promo talking about getting the shot at Nyla Rose. And she's putting on like... Like, she sounds like... I'm thinking, oh, her English is good. And then all of a sudden she starts like talking proper Japanese like accent to her, to her the way she's talking. I was like, is she putting that on or can she actually not speak English that well? Because it did sound at first like she spoke great English, but it will see. Um, MJF's back, wins a squash match against Lee Johnson. Um, it didn't take much from this. It was just it was a squash match, complete blur. Next, we get the match I've been looking forward to. Pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho. I was thinking, oh, it should have main evented. But I'm going to be honest, this match, I was, was kind of hoping that, like, I don't know, I was hoping it would go a bit longer. They'd maybe tease, like, a, like some flash pins on Jericho. Um, I was kind of hoping more for, like, a... I don't know, like a four, do you know what I mean? Like an upset-based match, something. Give us like a few minutes, but no, Jericho just beat him with a Judas effect out of nowhere in a minute, and it sort of just killed it dead for me. I was enjoying this banter between Jericho and Pineapple Pete over the last few weeks, and it sort of just ended. See, I was a bit disappointed with that. Um, it did make me laugh that Jericho did have a Pineapple Pete shirt on. Um, Sammy Guevara's ringside with his neck brace on. JR asks, 
Is Sammy Guevara as injured as he's making out? Are you having a laugh, JR? He got mowed down by a golf cart last week. He took one of the most brutal bumps from a twist of fate onto a chair this week that you'll ever see. And JR's asking, is he putting it on? Jesus Christ. Um, so after the match, Jericho cuts a promo. He challenges the elite for a stadium stampede match in an 80,000-seater stadium, obviously the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars at double or nothing. Can't wait for that match. Um, I was buzzing they did this because last week when Dynamite went off air and they had the uh, the backdrop of the stadium um, behind um, the inner circle as they celebrated the victory, I was thinking, oh, doing great if they'd have done something in the stadium. So now they clearly picked up on something and they will be doing that at double or nothing as it's the elite versus the inner circle in a stadium stampede match. Um a few funny touches where um, he says Chris Jericho talks about being honourable and he says, Sammy, what? how do you say this in Spanish? And Sammy goes, El Honorable, which made me laugh. Um, but yeah, then we get Vanguard out with like a baby shirt. Uh, Jericho smashes up Vanguard 1 with the baseball bat. They bury Vanguard in a shirt. They're all taunting him, which did make me laugh. And then, bit of a weird moment, Matt Hardy comes out to the ring and all five members of the inner circle scatter and run out the ring from Matt Hardy, which was a bit was a bit off for me. Um, and Matt Hardy's crying in the ring about the death of Vanguard One. So yeah, it was a good segment. I'm not sure if I like the ending of it too much. Um, quickly run out next week. We've got Moxley versus Ten, one of Brody Lee's cronies. And um, we've got MJF versus Marco Stunt, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy, which I'm sure. They'll get something good out of that, as is everything with Sammy Guevara at the moment. And Ray Phoenix versus the draw, Orange Cassidy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing... I'm great to see Ray Phoenix back, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Orange Cassidy. I'm sure that will be a fun match. Main event, Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. Not really a main event that makes me want to tune in, but uh, Brody Lee wins a competitive match. Uh, Moxley comes out. Brody Lee throws a follower in the ring. And walks off. Moxley cuts an intense promo after this, talking about how double or nothing will be violent and Brody Lee's career in AEW may be over before it started. And that was the end of the show. Um, pretty underwhelming. Wasn't anything spectacular. It was a bit boring in parts. Yeah, one of the one of the I wouldn't say it was one of the worst shows, it was just at the lower excellence of if you put all the 32 Dynamites in a league table, I'm guessing this would be about 5th to 10th from the bottom. Um, so, yeah, that was Dynamite. And now we are going to talk about NXT. NXT starts with the NXT Tag Team title match. Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher versus Imperium. Um, it was it was all right. They basically teased um Thatcher and Riddle splitting up from the start of this match. Riddle kicks his shoes while he flip-flops at Thatcher, um, misses a tag, and then to top it all off, Riddle monkey flips a member of the Imperium into Timothy Thatcher, and already the newly bros are split up as Timothy Thatcher walks out on Matt Riddle. Um, Riddle puts a pretty decent comeback back together, but Imperium are the new... Tag Team Champions as Axel Dita Jr., otherwise known as, what is it, Marcel Barcel, yeah, um, gets the pin on Matt Riddle. And yeah, I'm guessing this was meant to maybe be Pete Dunne turning on um, 
Matt Riddle and maybe they just slotted in um, Thatcher to the role. But yeah, I think we'll be getting Pete Dunn, Matt Riddle later down the line because obviously I think Dunn chose Thatcher, didn't he, to be? Or he like encouraged Riddle to be team a team with Thatcher. Um, but yeah, so Riddle and Pete Dunn have lost the tag team titles and Imperium, Marcel, Marcel, Marcel and Fabian Eichner, who are a good team, um, are your new tag team champions. Um, we come back from the break, Riddle and Thatcher are brawling backstage, have to be pulled apart. So yeah, this was good. Anything obviously with Matt Riddle on is going to be good. Um, next, Tegan Knox defeats Indy Hartwell. I don't want to sit and watch this shit. So yeah, barely paid attention. Um, Rhea Ripley's backstage. She says, we've only just begun with Charlotte Flair and that Io Shirai couldn't get the job done. And I'm thinking, she couldn't get the job done. You fucking lost clean and tapped out like a motherfucker at WrestleMania to Charlotte Flair. So if anyone should be at the back of the line character-wise, it should be Rhea Ripley. So, yeah, I'm not really sure who wrote this promo. She did actually deliver it well, um, very intense, but... The wording behind it for me just didn't make sense. Um, so yeah, I think next week we're getting Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley, which will be a really good match. Um, Riddle is back on the show. He's on FaceTime to Regal, says that he'll be facing Thatcher tonight. And then Thatcher attacks him with a TV. Um, I feel like I'm breezing through this show. But yeah, it wasn't. there wasn't actually much to this NXT show. It was just, it was really the Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher show. Everything involving those two was great. Um Next, Tony Nese versus G.A. Catless. Um, this was good. This was good. Uh, nice five-minute match. J. Catless gets the win. Um, Tony Nese goes 0-3. Mad to think, 12 months ago, he was winning the title in New York at WrestleMania. So, yeah, what, 12, 13, 14 months ago. Um, yeah, another thing, J. Catless's music needs to change. It's fucking death. It's like an offbeat version of El Phantasmo's New Japan music. Um, next, we get a great segment of the Undisputed Era on Zoom. It was just great watching four guys, four mates, having a laugh together, taking the piss out of each other. I love the moment where they all chose Roderick Strong to take on... Um, can't even think of the guy's name from last week. The guy who interfered in the main event last week. and They all choose Roderick Strong to take him out. But yeah, really good segment. They joke about why Kyle O'Reilly isn't there. Um, tongue in cheek that he's filming a movie when really it is to do with COVID nineteen. Um, next we get. I've got in my notes who the fuck is that because at the end of this segment it finishes, but they must not have known it had finished, and you just hear Adam Cole going, "Who the fuck is that?" Clearly on about the guy who I've clearly forgotten whose name it was. So yeah, they were spot on with that. Next we get for me one of my favourite parts of the show. Kill across video package with that classic Judgment Day Armageddon, the end is here theme. Oh, what an absolute tune that is from back in the day um, for wrestling. So yeah, really good video package. Um, Killer Cross says, we're not here to shock the system or save you. Um, yeah, just a brilliant promo building up. They're doing a really good job building up Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, which is going to be a main event act. Um... Next, we get a Dakota Kai video package talking about the women who had her back. And I still don't know who this woman is. This woman, like, came out and helped her win that match at TakeOver Portland. But Ra Raquel Gonzalez, is it? Something like that. So, yeah, they need to do a better job introducing that. Next, the big DX announcement that they've been selling us on all day. 
if you were expecting something big, maybe it is big, but I'm glad that the announcement has happened, but I was expecting bigger. They basically announced that NXT's next takeover is NXT TakeOver in your house on Saturday the 7th of June. Sunday the 7th of June, sorry. Um, the Joe DX style in the back. We rode dog about previous in your house matches. Um, but yeah, at least at least NXT are going to have something to build for. Um, because there's nothing worse than these NXT and Dynamite shows when they're about two to three months out from the next show. And they're just in... I don't even... I can't think of the word to describe it. What is it? Purgatory. They're just in between. Nothing really interesting is going on, which is what has been the case for NXT for the last God knows how long. So yeah, great to see them out of Purgatory and heading towards NXT TakeOver in your house. I'm pretty sure Triple H just saw the WrestleMania in your house t-shirts that WWE shop put on sale around the time of WrestleMania 36 and stole the idea. But hey, good idea. Next, Cameron Grimes defeats Finn Balor in what was for me, I've heard people praise this match, it was for me a disappointing match thanks to Damian Priest interfering um, and unveiling that he was the guy who attacked Finn Balor three weeks ago. So it looks like we can basically put in two and two together and get in four. We are going to see Finn Balor versus, it'll always be Punishment Martinez to me, but we'll be getting Finn Balor versus Damian Priest at TakeOver in your house. Um, got a really weird swerve backstage where he's saying, if, um, if you're 3-0 in this tournament, if you lose all your match in this tournament, you uh, may as well quit wrestling. So obviously this brings out, during Swerve's entrance, Tony Nese attacks him. Jack Gallagher, who'd lost 2-0, then gets the victory over Swerve. So, yeah, that was fine. Another match that didn't really do much for me, Jaden Carter versus Aliyah. Aliyah taps with Robert Stone watching. They've been teasing all week on social media that um, Aliyah would be joining the Robert Stone brand, so a bit strange of them to uh, have a lose. So... Uh, next, we get um, a, stra a strange segment. Dinner with the God Garganos um, went too long. It was good in parts. I'm not really sure about the uh, the evil edit on each at the end of each time they'd spoke, which was a bit weird. I did like the line about um, the American Ninja Warrior where Gargano and that are like, oh, she's not a warrior, she's not a ninja, but she is American. Um, clearly building towards a Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Versus Johnny Gargano and Candice in a gender tag match. Maybe two single matches as well. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano would be great. I would probably prefer to see it as the babyface Gargano against Keith Lee. But no. Nah, I'm sure these two will get a good match. It went on too long. But at least they're trying new things on this show. Um, yep, they announced Rhea versus Io Shirai next week. And this Cruiserweight tournament that ain't really doing much for me will continue next we get a fucking brilliant match. Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. What a match this was. They just go out there and they grapple. Every credit to NXT. Um, they're letting Thatcher go out there and do what he does best. A lot of us were worried that they might not know what to do with a Timothy Thatcher um, in NXT. Because he's not really like a spot monkey like the majority of the roster. No, no, no um, not having a go at the roster. But he just doesn't really work the sort of style that I imagine the crowd at full sail enjoying. But I love this match. Riddle and Thatcher just beat the shit out of each other. It's a hard-hitting, map-based, submission-type match. It's just brilliant. Um, go and watch this match. One of the better matches of the empty arena. I'm sort of getting used to these empty arena matches. I can sort of... Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm used to it now. So, um, 
yeah, basically, we we the end of the match comes. Thatcher keeps putting the Fujiwara on bar on Riddle before Riddle tilts the shoulders and gets sort of like a flash pin. So yeah, sorry, sorry for that. Basically, what just happened is my uh, MacBook been downloading that much wrestling over the last few weeks was out of storage, so it cut off the recording. But yeah, as I was saying, the end of NXT was Timothy Thatcher, and um, basically having the Fujiwara armbar on Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle tapping like a bitch, while Timothy Thatcher looks like a badass motherfucker as the show goes off there. So uh, NXT. It, it, Timothy Thatcher, I was, I like the fact they've put over Timothy Thatcher in the main event of NXT. Even though he lost, he still looks great. Um, I'm loving this Riddle Thatcher feud that they started tonight. Hopefully, they'll have a match at this takeover in your house. Um, it does look like Pete Dunne will be coming back at some point, although I'm not sure how. Seeing you can't travel from the UK to the US at the moment, but um, yeah, this was a really great main event. Um, best thing on either show. Um, so yeah. Spoiler alert, match of the week was Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. And as for show of the week, mm, I didn't think either show was great. Um, I was The start of NXT was good. They had a few nice little segments, you know, like video packages, and the end of NXT was great. So AW had basically one segment I like. So the winner of the week is NXT. So, NXT have the match of the week, and it results in them getting the winner of the week in terms of the show that the WWE versus AEW podcast, otherwise known as myself, preferred. So, yeah. NXT had the better show of the week, but AEW prevail in the ratings war. So, yeah. That was week 32 of the Wednesday Night Wars. I'm not sure what else there is to say. Um, thanks for your support with the podcast. Um... Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk everything involving week 33, give you a little preview of the double or nothing card. Um, so yeah, hit that subscribe button, um, find us on YouTube, just search Neutral Wrestling, all our shows are on there. Follow us on Twitter, WWE vs. AW Podcast. Support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Neutral Wrestling. Um, and yeah, I'm Daniel, and I will be back next week for week 33 of the Wednesday Night Wars. You came to me in a dream last night. You were standing. In a brilliant light 
stay But I was so wrong The end is here The game is over No more pretending 